Good morning and welcome to worship here at the First Baptist Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Today is the final week of Lent, this final week of preparation for Easter Sunday morning. It is, a, um, it is an emotional day today. Uh, we begin with the, uh, the power and the hope and the joy of Palm Sunday. But by the end of the service, we have come to realize the pain that is the passion of Christ, knowing that indeed, Thursday and Friday await. And so in this moment, in this hour of worship, we come together understanding that through all of that, Christ is present with us. Christ is here in the joy and in the pain. And so we light the Christ candle as a reminder that in our joy and in our pain, Christ never leaves us. Welcome to worship today. From Psalm 118, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in our eyes.
Please join me in the call to worship. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He comes to end the ways of war and command peace to the nations. He reigns from sea to sea, from nearby waters to the ends of the earth. Let us worship the Prince of Peace. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. If you're able, please text or message someone from the congregation or jump on the chat on YouTube and share with them the sign of peace. King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. Who is the King of glory? How shall we call him? He is Emmanuel, the promise of ages. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. 
Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. In all of Galilee, in city or village, he goes among his people, curing their illness. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. He gave his life for us, the pledge of salvation. He took upon himself the sins of the nations. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. He conquered sin and death, he truly has risen. And he will share with us his heavenly vision. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. Hi kids, it is time for your special part of the service. And so get ready in however you want to. So Pastor Matt already said that this is a special week that's coming up. And it's a bit of a hard week too. Because on Sunday, today, we have lots of fun. And we have palms and we say Hosanna and we sing and we think about how good and awesome Jesus is. But later in that week, some leaders who didn't think Jesus was awesome, some leaders who thought Jesus loved people that shouldn't be loved, some leaders that didn't like that Jesus said he was the son of God, they got so mad and upset that they made a plan to kill him. And Jesus died on the cross. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. That's not the end of the story. Jesus died and was put in a tomb, but on Sunday, two days later, they raised it, or it was empty, and Jesus came back from the dead. So I have a project for you guys this week. And if you haven't gotten a kit yet, talk to your grown-up and have them email me today, and I'll try to get one to you as soon as I can. So we're going to make a resurrection garden. So this week is serious, and we're going to talk about some sad things about how Jesus was going to die. But we're going to be preparing for Jesus to be resurrected the whole week and remembering that it's not the end of the story, that Jesus came back to life, which is what resurrection means. So you're going to be able to decorate the, the outside of the tray. You're going to put dirt in. We're going to even try to grow some grass that hopefully will be um, grown a little bit by Easter. And as we're thinking about these, there are stories for you to read about how Jesus loved people. And so you can think about how Jesus loved other people and how you can show that love to others. And as we keep preparing, we're just going to remember that Jesus loved people so much and that it's not the end of the story that he died, that love is more powerful than death, that Jesus rose again. And so as we talk about some hard and sad things this week, we're going to keep remembering that that's not the end of the story, that Jesus rose from the grave, and that's the best news of all. So if you haven't gotten a kit yet, and if you want one, have your parents email me as soon as they can, and I'll try to get you one as soon as I can get one to you. So you can work on this even if you start a couple days late. It'll still be a fun project. 
for us to remember that Jesus rose from the dead. And I'll see you on Easter to find out what it looks like. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that death isn't the end of the story. Thank you that you are here for us when we are sad and when things might feel a little scary. Thank you that your love is so great and so big and so powerful that it's bigger than death. Thank you that Jesus rose from the grave and thank you that we get to celebrate that and have a lot of fun. Please bless all the kids this week, keep them safe, and help them have fun. Amen. Hosanna, loud Hosanna, the little children sang. Through pillared court and temple, the lovely anthem rang. To Jesus who had blessed them, close folded to his breast, the children sang their the simplest and the best. From Olivet they followed among the joyful crowd, the victor palm branch waving with singing clear and loud. The Lord of earth and heaven rode on scorned that little children should on his bidding wait. Hosanna in the highest, that ancient song we sing, for Christ is our Redeemer, the Lord of heaven our King. Amen. and life and voice, and in his blissful presence eternally rejoice. It is now time to share our joys and concerns today. Um, we want to remember that the church is bigger than First Baptist, so we're going to lift up in prayer uh, First Christian Church here in Lawrence, the Wisconsin region, with Executive Director John Jones and our International Missionary for the Week, Ingrid, serving in Panama. Now let's join in the discipline of confession. We confess that we have sinned, and although we would like to deny it, we have forsaken you. We are horrified by the suffering we cause you, to others, to ourselves, and to the world you have created. Open the gates of your forgiveness and restore us in your love.
The Lord God helps us. We will not be disgraced. The Lord God helps us. Who can declare us guilty? By the mercy of Christ, let us stand together, forgiven and free. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, together through the Holy Spirit, we come before you at the start of Holy Week, an important week and a hard week in the Christian faith. As we have praised you today with the songs and the waving of palm branches, we also remember that a few days later you were arrested, tried unfairly, and killed on the cross. Give us listening ears and open hearts this week to hear how you might be speaking to us anew through the Easter story and give us courage to live out those things that we learn. As we reflect on the events of Holy Week, we pray for those who might see themselves in and connect with the story in special ways. For the suffering and the oppressed, may they be comforted as they remember that they are not alone, for Jesus also suffered greatly and was oppressed. We pray for those arrested and imprisoned that they may find freedom in Christ. And for places in conflict, crisis, and unrest, may they see the kingdom of God at work in that place. God, please give wisdom to religious leaders as they lead others in your ways and lead government leaders to use their power for good, to pursue justice, and to help the least of these. Be with parents and families who have lost children and other ones too soon. May they feel your peace and comfort. Stay close to the ill and dying. May they know that Jesus is by their side in their suffering. Comfort those who are hurting from broken relationships, who continue to relive experiences and mistakes from their past. May they find new life, peace, joy, and relationship among you. We also pray for the church universal, especially for those living under persecution. Thank you for their faithfulness and continue to give them strength. And now let us pray together with people across the world the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now please join me in a New Testament reading from the book of Philippians, starting in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
This week, but also we end our time of collecting uh, the America for Christ offering. It has been uh, throughout these last weeks that we have been collecting uh, this important offering that uh, goes to a lot of different things uh, within the United States and Puerto Rico. Um, a lot of uh, churches use some of these funds. Uh, a lot of uh, kind of immediate needs take place within our own communities. And so as uh, we watch a, a final video, uh, you're invited to consider how you might be generous during this season. One of the most common questions I hear is, how are we going to get young people into our church? This question is most often accompanied by looks of exhaustion, sorrow, and hopelessness. When I look in their eyes, I can see that they are hoping for an easy answer, but this is not an easy answer kind of question. It is a question that many of us have spent years trying to answer. Indeed, those at the Fuller Youth Institute have spent their careers researching faith formation in youth. 
In 2016, they published the book Growing Young. This book signified the culmination of a study that involved 250 leading congregations across the nation. These congregations are all growing young, meaning they are bucking the trend nationally for church attendance of 19 to 29 year olds. What they found is that amongst these 250 congregations, uh, there were six common commitments. Unlocking keychain leadership, empathizing with today's young people, taking Jesus' message seriously, fueling a warm community, prioritizing young people and families everywhere, and being the best neighbors. Because of the grants we've received through the American Baptist Foundation and American Baptist Home Mission Societies, we have been able to partner with Jake Mulder, who is one of the co-authors of the book. He has trained a diverse group of mentors, and these mentors are committed to shepherding small groups from participating congregations. The individuals in the small groups will have the opportunity to learn from Jake, from the book, from one another, and through conversations with participants from other congregations. As they learn, they will be given the opportunity to begin to explore what does it mean to grow young in our context. I'm so excited about this initiative. I, I, I'm so excited because it will empower people to transform their congregations to share the gospel with youth in their communities and to walk with them the long road of discipleship. In short, it's gonna give us as American Baptists the opportunity to heed the words of Jesus, to make disciples. And we'll be able to do it across generations. Today we celebrate Jesus Christ as the human form of God, who came to bring us abundant life as the kingdom of God. We've been remade as Christ's hands and feet so we can care for people near our physical building and way beyond. Love is truly active here at First Baptist. Giving to First Baptist allows us to provide food for those who want it, and through Family Promise, we provide shelter to families who have none and we welcome all people to be part of our family and be loved. We, you can become part of our ministry when you give as you're able. You'll see a link to use that you can give online or you can send a check to our physical address in Lawrence. Your giving to the America for Christ offering also can be given in these ways as well.
for giving us your son as example of love to the ultimate. We thank you for giving us a spirit through Christ of gratitude, compassion, love, and generosity so that we may further your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I read now from the Gospel of Luke. Once again, this time from the 19th chapter, beginning in the 29th verse. When Jesus had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find there tied a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked them, Why are you untying this colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
What a long, strange trip it's been. Several weeks ago now, you woke up. After going to sleep in Kansas, you awoke in first century Palestine. You had become James, son of Alphaeus, one of the disciples of Jesus. You don't know how it happened, but somehow you, you looked like James and you sounded like James. You could even understand the women and around, men around you and the, the words that they spoke. You, you became one of Jesus' disciples. And now over these last several weeks, you've had this incredible opportunity, this incredible chance to, to see Jesus at work. Uh, healing and touching and teaching and uh, ruffling feathers in every small town from Galilee all the way to Jerusalem. And now Jerusalem stands on the top of the horizon. It awaits as you come closer and closer. What a long and strange trip it has been for you over these last weeks. And, and you've had plenty of uh, sleepless nights trying to figure out what was going on for sure. You, you have uh, seen enough science fiction movies to know there's at least two different things that might be happening. The, the first is uh, what you would call um, the back to the future hypothesis. In this one, uh, if, you, if you know the future and you go back into the past, uh, there's a chance that you can change something and mess it all up, right? Uh, you go back and save your mother and then you cease to exist. Uh, that's, that's been the one that's terrified you the most because, well, what if you do something? What if you say something wrong? What if you, what if you mess up and it just it changes all of history? Uh, that, that one time that you, uh, you dropped a, a pot full of heavy food uh, right on the foot of the Apostle Peter, you thought, oh, that's going to make it into the, the Gospel of James. Now we find the, the thoughts of uh, how indeed what's going on become tougher and tougher to imagine. Now, <laughs> there's another hypothesis, one that is a little bit easier, but still hard to imagine. It's uh, what you would call the, the prisoner of Azkaban hypothesis. In this one, history is history. It doesn't change. Uh, even if you go back, you can't change what happened. And, and as a matter of fact, you, you even wonder if, if that one is much better. It gives you fits because you, you imagine, well, what if the reason that you never really heard much about James, son of Alphaeus, and he never really said anything throughout all of the Gospels is because it was you the whole time. And you just didn't want to say anything that would get in the way. You didn't want to mess anything up. And so you wonder what on earth has happened. And yet, it's a gift. These last weeks have been just such an amazing and powerful gift for you to see who Jesus really is, to walk with him, to listen to him, the way that he cares about all of the different people that he meets. Whoever's the most important person is the person right in front of him in that time and place. What a gift it has been to follow Jesus in these difficult days. <laughs> but it's become, well, let's say a little a little complicated. Uh, you, you remember all the times when you were a child and, and throughout your adulthood, you, you, you grew up singing the song, Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. But now you found yourself loving Jesus as he stands right in front of you. The song is great, but it, it always feels a little abstract, right? A little bit like a, you're loving a concept or an idea or a story, but now... 
this man in front of you loves you and you love him. <laughs> you remember the line from the Gospels that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And that man, you know, is your friend. What a uh, difficult and, and powerful and amazing opportunity to become friends with Jesus. Of course, you understand. You've always said that you have a relationship with Jesus, but now you can reach out and touch his hand, laugh at his jokes, sit with him, and enjoy a meal. That's a powerful moment that, that you, uh, you just let it wash over you again and again. You start to understand the, uh, uh, the disciples. Back when you uh, uh, would go through a, a Bible study and you'd look at the disciples and you would just uh, uh, laugh at them and say, oh, well, they, those are so silly. Why, why don't they listen to Jesus? He's telling them that he's going to, to be killed. He's telling them he's going to die. Silly disciples, why don't you just listen? But you are start to understand why that in the midst of all of this none of the disciples want to hear him they don't want him to die and even if the brain could understand it the heart just stops it the last thing they could imagine is Jesus leaving them which makes sense as he finally enters into the city of Jerusalem. <laughs> it happens in a way that's a little bit different than maybe uh, what you expected. All of the, the years of, uh, of, of, of joy and celebration and children waving palms in the air. <laughs> you start to understand exactly what the palms are about. It's, it's not about the, uh, the actual palm itself. It's about what they cover. As you stand there, in Jerusalem, as you see the mud and the unpaved roads, as you see the, the muck, the animal droppings, even the raw sewage all around you, you understand why. These disciples, these dozens who have followed him throughout these last several days, want to honor him in the way that, that not only will he not have to step in all of this, but he will ride on an animal who doesn't even have to step on it. That animal, as the prophets foretold, a cult that has never been written, just like the Messiah will ride on, coming from the, the Mount of Olives, just like the Messiah will come from. <laughs> and so they took off their cloaks, the one, one piece of clothing most of them had to protect them from the elements. And they laid them in that muck, in that mud. And, and then when that wasn't enough, they, they climbed into the trees and pulled off any kind of a branches that they could find and laid those trying to build a, a carpet so that their king could enter into the holy city. You understood in that moment exactly why they did what they did because they honored him and they loved him and they cared for him so deeply. And as you watch them raise him up, picking up his, his, uh, his, his body to put up on top of the colt, you're overwhelmed 
with emotion, not just because of the tender care that they give, that they show, but because you understand that the next time many hands gather to raise him up, it will be to place him on a cross. And knowing what you know, you cannot help but be overcome with emotion. You step away from the crowd for the moment, and as you look around, you see that you're not the only one overcome and, and weeping. You imagine that it would be such a, a, a happy, joyous day, but even in the words that they say, once upon a time, you, you read, you, you know in a, a study Bible that the word Hosanna means save. But now to hear dozens, if not hundreds, of his followers chanting, save us, save us, save us. You see the weightiness of the moment, much more than the light celebrations that you're used to. And so you're not surprised when Jesus himself finishes his ride and stands the brow of the hill, looking over the city itself. And in that moment begins to weep. His shoulders sobbing up and down, ugly tears on his face. You've seen him now for weeks, yearning for people to understand what he's about. Frustrated and hurting because they don't. Now it all comes to a head in this moment as he sees that Jerusalem, the holy city, does not know the ways of shalom and will be destroyed, yearning for peace. You've seen this incredible experience as Jesus enters into the city and, and you think that, that perhaps over these next days that, that it will, will, will come slowly and you can uh, enjoy and see all of the things that you've read about throughout your entire life, but the days go by in a flash. The Gospels take forever and ever to write out every detail of it, but no, not in the moment, not in the living of it. Here, you see, in the midst of these moments, Jesus' anger and the, the anger and response of the, of the temple authorities and the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees and, and, the, uh, and the, the, the people who are in charge of all of the, the kind of Roman security, the, the police military force there. And, and to, to be there, there's this, this additional emotion, not only, not only sadness, but fear overwhelms you. For to be uh, at the wrong end of one of those Roman spears is a terrifying experience. Again, you, uh, uh, you laugh uh, from, from, a gener from uh, years and years before. You, you know that you would have done it differently. You would have been better. You would have taken care of Jesus in that moment. But now you see why the disciples were terrified. For the power of Rome was an oppressive regime. It was uh, a thing that threatened to destroy life. And it threatened to destroy yours. You even understand the Pharisees a little bit. As they, they tried to hush you and all the other disciples and say, no, 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 shh, stop, you can't, you can't say these words here in Jerusalem. You understand it. The 
of course. Or if the Roman uh, overseers heard, oh, we want this Jew to become a king. They wouldn't take kindly to those words. And they wouldn't pay much attention to what Jews they killed in retribution. Scribes, Pharisees, teachers of the law included. And so it was a, a, a yearning to, to quiet Jesus' disciples because they know who's watching. It's a terrifying experience to be in this place, to see the chaos and to see the, uh, the, 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 the anger and to see all of the things that are happening all at once to you, to your friends, to Jesus. But it's not all, all bad things that are happening. You, you don't only feel that sadness. You don't only feel that fear. You also feel gratitude. You're so thankful for all the ways that, that you have been blessed over these last weeks. You have been given this incredible gift, this opportunity to, to see with, with new eyes really who Jesus was. And you know if you ever make it back to Kansas, you're going you're gonna to change some things about your life. <laughs> the first thing that... Uh, you noticed is a, a sense of humility growing in your heart. Again, over, over the years, you sat in a lot of church basements around a lot of plastic tables, drinking a lot of bad black coffee and styrofoam mugs, sitting there with your, uh, your Zondervan NIV, highlighting the words that you thought you understood. But to live through those words, to live through those moments, gives you a new sense of humility to understand that the people who lived them were terrified and confused and afraid because that's what you are even if you know what's coming. Until you have a new humble attitude that enters into your heart knowing that if you ever make it back to Kansas you'll live life differently not judging others in the way that you've judged the, the Pharisees and the disciples and so many through your eyes of privilege. <laughs> the other thing that you'll, you'll do differently is to have a, a brand new understanding of what community is really about. <laughs> uh, your, your assumption has been for, for so many years that community is, is really just a lot of people that already agree with each, each other, uh, getting together and, and patting each other on the back and saying how great they are, right? That's, that's community, right? But of course, Jesus has shown you a different way. <laughs> you know the first thing you're going to do is, is stop spending so much time worrying about your Netflix queue and instead pay more attention to the line outside of Ladybird, outside of Link. <laughs> Jesus paid attention to those people and he built community around those people because he understood that the people who have privilege and the people who have comfort and the people who have money don't really understand how to rely on each other. They can take care of themselves, but Jesus has chosen to hang out with the people who truly need to rely, who truly understand that community is about trusting each other because you have to. That out of desperation comes relationship. You've learned so many things over these last weeks. You've uh, lived this experience even over these last few 
days. Experiences of, of sadness, experiences of, 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 of pain, experiences of fear, experiences of joy and experiences of gratitude. And in the end, in the end, even as your mind turns over that phrase, you understand the power of it. In the end, here you are at the end. And you know, you know how it's going to end. You know what Sunday brings. And yet, in this moment, it feels so far away. It feels like something that's not real. Something that's not possible. And so, even though you know the end, you live in this moment, listening soaking up every bit of it, but still, just like the rest of the apostles, you're exhausted and fall asleep in the darkness. As Jesus prays in the garden, you cannot stay up to support him. <laughs> and even though you tell yourself, you would never do it, when the soldiers show up, you run. You run like the rest of them. Because the police pointing fingers and spears at you is too much. And so you run and you hide. And you find one another in your desperation and in the darkness and ask, well, well where is he? What will they do with him? And in the end, you stand up and look at the face of your friend. Those eyes, those eyes that looked out on those in need and cared for them, healed them, protected them. Those eyes that, that looked at you and, and shone with joy and laughter and mirth. Finally, you feel like you can get close enough. The crowd is milling around enough that they might not notice you, and you get close enough to see those eyes. <laughs> and he looks down at you. In this moment, that you've thought of a thousand times. He looks down and locks eyes with you. And as you look into the eyes of your friend, who you've always wondered, does he know? Does he know who I am? Does he know where I'm from? Does, I know, does he know what I understand? Does he know what I've seen? And in that moment, Without a shadow of a doubt, you know he knows. He knows exactly who you are. And he knows about the pain. And he knows about the guilt. And he knows about the arrogance. 
He knows about the ways that you are broken and the ways that you have broken others. He knows about all of it. But he still did it. He still died for you. And as you look up and lock eyes with your friend, you know that death will not be the end of this story. You know that Jesus has come because he has been passionate about the truth that God's ways are better than the ways of this earth. You know that this cannot be the end of the story. You know that violence and destruction and oppression and hatred and the things of this world are not the end of the story. You know, as he breathes his last, that there will be love and grace and peace. in the end. Let us pray. God, we look up to see you in our brokenness and in our pain. And we know that you are there, living for us, loving us, dying for us. And so, we imagine those eyes bearing deep into our soul, not in an unwelcome way, but in a way that wants to take everything that we are and everything that we can be and give it to you as a gift. Thank you, Lord, for knowing us. And thank you, Lord, that there is hope and peace, shalom and love in the end. Amen. How would you respond in this moment? Would you share the story of Jesus in your own heart and say that you want to join this congregation or to follow into the waters of baptism with your Savior? Whatever your response would be as we sing our final hymn, you're invited to respond.
This week continues to be a week of remembering, a week of gathering with one another to be in community of peace. This afternoon, uh, all youth will gather together for ABY. We've had the, uh, the younger crew and the older crew, and now they'll gather together. So all youth are invited to participate in that meeting this afternoon. And then in a few days on Monday, Thursday, we'll have... Um, a time of being together. Now, normally this is a worship service. Uh, it will be different to this year. It will be a, a, a prayer vigil. It'll be a time with a, a lot of uh, silence and uh, kind of contemplative music. Uh, we'll read the, the story uh, of the, uh, the last days, the last hours of Christ's life on earth. That will be uh, Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, and you're invited uh, to participate in that. It will be here 
uh, in person, uh, masked and socially distanced. And then on Sunday, we celebrate uh, with two different worship experiences. We'll gather together uh, in the parking lot for Car Church at 8.30. Um, as I said last week, uh, consider it a, a sunrise service that you get to sleep in for. Uh, it'll be at, uh, uh, at 8.30 in our parking lot. Uh, at this point, uh, the weather is supposed to be beautiful, and so we'll gather together for uh, a service of singing and celebration. And then at 10.45, we'll gather uh, within our normal uh, live stream format. We'll actually uh, be recording early so that we'll know uh, exactly uh, what the, uh, the tech situation looks like. Uh, but then we'll gather together uh, all at the same time to be able to uh, uh, be virtually in the same space of worship. And so at 1045 on Easter Sunday morning, uh, we'll get to celebrate. One of the things that we'll get to celebrate uh, is uh, Levi Grassi's baptism. Levi uh, has uh, made the decision uh, over these last weeks. Actually, was ready last year, uh, but things got a little crazy for all of us. And so Levi is doubly ready this year and has been working with Pastor Christina uh, to get ready for uh, baptism. And so uh, we will celebrate together with him as he comes forward uh, in a virtual way to join and be a part of the church. A word now of benediction as you go, again from Anuma Okoro, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, and Shane Claiborne, these words. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen. <laughs>